What's going on, guys? And welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. You done stepped into the Fight Club. Before we talk this UFC London recap, do us a favor. Go down, like this video, and do yourself a favor and subscribe to the channel. I got my joint in front of me. I'm Paul Pickle Winnow Concha. And who else is with me to uh, start this episode? And I'm Kev, no memory, some boy, motherfucking, because my high ass been going through something in life because I really don't remember shit from anything this weekend. But hey, man, this was motherfucking UFC London. Dos. You know what I'm saying? I got a 98% in Spanish at the moment, hopefully, if, if, if I get my homework done. Smaller. You know what I'm saying? So you feel me? But this was kind of a, uh, they saying this is more of a lackluster card for nine decisions. So before we get too deep into it, I guess we don't really have to talk to prelims like that. How did you feel about the card itself? Because you can't compare it to UFC London one. That was my favorite card of the year so far, personally. Can't compare it to that. But like, how did you feel on this? Because we've seen so many great cards. Like we just came back from Fight Island. I will say, so I, this is probably some of the most prep I did for a card. I went out and got my UK beer, which I came on the episode with. Start off with the banana bread yeah. now. But how that shit drink? What's that UK beer? I don't mean to cut you off. No, What's no, it's good. This is banana bread beer, Eagle. I thought it said Eagle FC at first. Oh, they, put they put bananas in beer. And Boy, then they're... chocolate stout. Chocolate? What? That one's pretty good. It's, it tastes almost like chocolate milk. I'm not going to. These beers are pretty good. I wonder they be so. No, I'm not going to talk about them boys like that, but it must be easier to drink out there. But with the card itself, I would rate it honestly. Unbiasedly, I would put it at like six, just because. If, if now, if I was adding in the hype that came with it, it's more at like a five and four and a half, just because of the hype that came with it and like what people expectations. Like, even if you don't want expectations, people will have expectations, and it was sold to us as a, another banger. And Molly McCain even came out and talked shit about the other fighters, saying that they didn't want it like she did. They didn't want the finish. I'm sorry they let you down. Like, she even apologized for the, the people who didn't get finishes. So, like, if other fighters can call it out, then I must not be the only one that wasn't really too impressed with what was going on in the card. I will say, though, it did have a huge upset when Mason Jones, who was, like, a minus 500 favorite, got defeat, beat pretty easily by Klein. And one of the highlight, few highlights of the card was Klein's little jumping karate kick. That That's he, so funny, kid. Yeah, you don't see that often. Like, that was something I was like, oh, shit. But Mason Jones, I would give it to him. My boy got a chin. He took that beating like a, a, a – he took that beating, and he even gave props to homeboy. But other than that, the fight the, – the card was kind of lackluster, and only because there wasn't many finishes. And, hey, sometimes, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Dead ass. Dead I, I feel like all the cards that banged are cards that I want to say no one had hope for, but just reasonable expectations. But even like Israel and Volkanovsky, which I love that card, but a lot of people were hating on that card. Colby versus Mazadov, people had a lot of hype for it. People didn't like that card as much. Like the ones people are hyped for, I just feel like you just blow expectations out of the water. And then. Not UFC, two, not UFC 280. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't dare. Yeah, somebody... you wouldn't dare. But I look at the card. I've been hanging out with my brother a lot recently, so like I'm just gonna say what the what the young boys are saying right now. Shit was bitch. What the streets saying. 
Chill was mid. mid. Oh, shit. Chill was mid. They could be killing me. You know I'm smoking like, on the mid pack right now, bro. I can put this nah, shit nah, out. I'm not smoking on the mid pack, but the shit was just because it's different. That's mid pack was mid pack back then. Now they just say shit was all right. They'd be like, man, shit, mid. It was entertaining for me because I was in that bitch. I was, I was having a great conversation, but I was in that bitch like, kill him. Fuck that boy. Because I'm telling you, like, you see different sides of me. Like, if you're going to watch a football, me, you might see like, you might see like a little craziness come out, but I'm going to be organized with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people see the organized me all day. But when I'm watching the fights, especially in London, fucking finish him, Patty. What the fuck? And then when Molly got the. Oh, see, so we, I like that we, we about we about to get into that. We about to get into that. So we like that shit. <laughs> the card was mid, but we also uh, but to, uh, before we jumped into the main card, that boy Marcus will be joining us later. He'll come in. Let's recap the rest of this main card before he hops in. Let's get into it. I'm, we're not even gonna talk. I love Paul Craig, but I'm gonna do us a favor and not even talk about that fight. Like he, he want to pull guard every time someone wants to exchange with you, bro. I'm not gonna recap you. We hey, have, bro. we have the fight that I want to think started off the main card for real. Molly Meatball McCain getting the KO on Hannah Goldie, and how did it go, Kev? No, she said first she started off with a that she that shit looked like some animation. I'm not gonna lie to you. And like it was funny because like I was telling everybody, I was like, yo, my co-host literally hates this person right here. And the second I said that, she got to. I don't hate her. I was, I said she should win this fight. They're giving her, but for you to be in there for five years and you're still this literally, this is someone who fought on the contender series last year. Like so Damn. yeah, like this is five years into it. You're on the main card, and you're still getting people that are in their first couple fights in the UFC. And but then you, but the way they sell her is like one fight away from a title shot. It's just the Patty Patty Bobby combo. Like I feel like they're just gonna stay. They're gonna keep putting them two them two on cards, and it's just gonna be interesting. No, and it was interesting because she got the the crowd lit. She went up there, called everyone out that wasn't looking for finishes, just like how Dana White would call people out if they're not trying to finish fights. And then she throws on, even after getting the dub, but she showcased a spinning back elbow again, back-to-back uh, times. She jumps over the cage again. UFC tries to hold her back, and she said, fuck all y'all, get out of my way. And she did her, did her shit. She jumped on Dave Portnay's, and Dave Portnay's, like, that was the one time where I felt like UFC London was UFC London. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Molly, I'm a Molly fan. I'm going to ride to the wheels fall off. I think the fall-offs, they're not going to last too much longer because I don't know how many people are going to keep letting her hit this elbow. But um, it's on the scouting report. Yeah, like, come on, dog. Watch the fucking elbow. It's like, this is not, this is a hard thing to land. It's not like this is an 80%, 80% um, land rate. Like, 80% landing rate. Like, this is a hard hit to get hit. But niggas just began hit with that motherfucker. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. Oh, my God. Then, uh, then, did you see her post fight? After, so, after the fight, everything, she has the patty wig on. And she got a whole bottle, I think, of whiskey or some, something brown. And she's uh, 
chugging it on ringside with the Patty Pimblet haircut wig on. I mean, great entertainment. I'll give her that. I ain't a hater. I ain't a hater. I'll give her that. They're entertainers, man. I'm like, they they entertainers and they just happen to fight too. Yeah, <laughs> you said it best. Well, shit. That boy Marcus is uh, to, uh, calling in right now, so we're finna uh, let him join the call. And we're finna break down that boy Gufferson versus Kryloff. I can't wait to talk this shit. Yeah, well, fucking on this main card, let's, let's talk about your boy Alexander Gufferson. Damn, off rip. Bring my dog out, man. Bring your, your mauler. And I'll let Marcus take the floor because he said don't talk about his mauler like that. Man's went outside, man. I told you, I try to warn y'all, brother. Like his last thing is, you called it right before it happened, too. That boy has been in a heavy. Anytime a fighter goes from his normal weight class to a higher weight class, it's because he's he's not good at his weight class anymore. And then he got dusted by a forty-plus-year-old guy who got dusted by another forty-plus-year-old guy who's no longer in the UFC. Like it was just all the tales of like Gufson, outside of his one John Jones fight. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. Nah, I should have listened to you, man. I was trying to, I was trying to root for man. But Nikolai Kryoff, the very first exchange, I think first punch dropped him. I think it was the first punch, bro. That's what made it look so much worse, bro. I was like, what the fuck was that? I was blood. I couldn't even believe it. What about you, Kev? Did you? I know you had a busy weekend. Did you make it for that uh, Guffinson KO? I watched the whole main card, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember anything. I remember Molly. I remember Molly. I remember Patty. I remember Aspinall, and I remember screaming, "Yo, fucking kill him!" And I don't think it was for Patty, but I remember Gus. But how did Gus have been finished? He got finished. That boy, like I said, first exchange, he got dropped. Like it was, it was a first punch thrown, landed dead on the chin, dropped. Literally, like some stood on top of shit. him and has landed probably twenty plus un untested grounded pounds before the ref was like, "All right, yeah, now this is this is enough." That shit was sad. Just know that. I forget this. My high ups. But I mean, this was to respect that Kriegel's a ranked light heavyweight contender who can stand and bang with anybody. So, like, you're going to get a guy who has ring rust and shouldn't really be fired. I mean, even DC said, hey, bro, it's time to hang up the gloves, Gustafson. Damn, that's what he said to him? <laughs> oh, this was no, he tweeted this. Oh, yeah, oh, I thought you were talking about the interview. No, he tweeted out, like, you should uh, hang up. Yeah, this is past Molly right before Patty. This was one of the few KOs of the night. It's like, the oh, only man. one. Now I remember. Yeah, that nigga did get his ass smashed. I was going Then we had a next fight that wasn't, I mean, it was another smash, but a different sort of smash. We had Patty the Batty Pimlet getting the rear naked choke over Jordan Levette. And I mean, I won't say it went exactly like how we thought it would, but Levette used his wrestling, looked good. But then the BJJ is always going to, especially if you're really good at BJJ, all it takes is a little while on the ground to get you. And that's that's what Patty showed. Has he kept putting his ass in the fucking what is it the guillotine when they got him like right here? Yeah, yeah, bro. Every time, every time, dude's neck was in this. I was like, damn, get your yeah. Why you 
Patty really showcased his skills on this one. I like that shit. But like, low kid, what got me was the post fight when that boy really was like, I'd rather have my mate, I'd rather have my mate crying on my shoulders than have it than going to his funeral. I was like, oh my god. That man. was a mean quote. That nigga, that nigga, that nigga, he, number one. Alright, uh, he made me a. 30 times more. I'm never talking down on Patty no more because yeah. of that shit. Cause I respect him a lot for that, for real, what he said. They could book, they could book Patty against motherfucking Volkanovski tomorrow. And I'm a Patty Pimblett. You got that. Man, yeah. Pat, Patty could go fight McGregor right now. And I'm going to say, fuck McGregor. Yeah, literally, and I'm a McGregor fucking fan, boy. So, boy, you go fight Floyd, and I'm being up there saying, "Fuck the Mayweathers." Like, fuck yeah, the Mayweathers. fuck Mayweather's on tree. Nah, I'm gonna say, hey man, I just can hope that he continues to get better. If anything, out of Patty, I just hope he continues because he has skills. Like he has skills. And I was watching this fight against the vet, and I was like, okay, he's good. I don't think he can beat the best right now. But if he just keeps getting better, keep getting those, keep getting that um, those that um, skin in the game. He's got a lot of fucking skin in the game. So if he's doing this thing, he might be he might be able to figure something out. Yeah, I think if he works on if he could work on that stand-up game more and get more efficient, maybe with like his right. He got what is he uh BJJ. BJJ yeah. Pluto. Okay, so that's it, that's his go-to. Yeah. I would just like to see him more like maybe his kicks, fucking just striking. That would be soup, man. But I think he he still got a bright future, and I think this was a good showcase. I did like what he did, though, when he had him, bro, because if you break that whole sequence down, man, that shit was kind of crazy. That was again, because uh, y'all been putting me on more of the MMA shit, so I feel like I've been learning more when I see certain shit. I was like, damn, bro, that boy Patty literally, like, I forget what he did to trap his arm he did some shit to even trap his arm and then for him to even hold his arm and not let his arm up and you can't fight someone with just one hand so eventually bro it was like he's gonna grab your neck eventually and that shit was just that was a beautiful little moment for real hey on espn plus can you rewatch the fights yeah i think so because yeah, I'm, I'm debating on getting that or fight past i need it i'll be too high I... so i will say this is a great showcase from patty but I will say this was a perfect setup. But, you know, UFC, sometimes they do a perfect matchmaking. Like, they get a person who you should be able to show your skills on. Because Jordan Levette has no hands. Like, that was his big thing. Like, he he does not he throw hands. want to throw. Yeah, so, like, with Patty, it was like, well, we get to see him actually exchange and win exchanges because even against scrubs, he's a little kind of bad in his, his stand-up game. But then against a wrestler who's a really great offensive wrestler, we saw his BJJ take full showcase. And, like, as long as they keep – slowly moving him up the ladder, I do expect big things out of that boy. Dude, well, I got a question. Do you think they should rush it, or do you think they should stay on the route they're on right now? It, it reminds me like a boxing situation. I've seen all the young boxing guys go through the same thing where it's just, you know they're going to win. It's just how good do they look and how long do they stay on that route? I think they're going to slowly do it. But what's up? Will you take it, Kev? I think it would be smart. It would be smart to slowly do it, but in a in a different world, it's actually I feel like it's also smarter to to um to um turn it up a little bit, just because like they're gonna continue to say like, oh, they're not good against you, don't face good talent. So like if they if they were to do like how they just did Sugar Sean and Booker with Peter Young, like if they were to get somebody that was like maybe not top five immediately, 
but you know, like top six, top seven, like a real deal, like show that's been a dude that's been beaten by the best. And then like, see, even if he fucks, if, even if he fucks Patty up, I, I wouldn't be rooting for that to happen. Motherfucker. But if you were to fuck Patty up, it would still be like, okay, now you can throw that stigma away because like he's finding some good talent. And just And UFC first loss isn't the fucking, one loss isn't the end of the world. Yeah, but that's one, that's a luxury in the UFC for real. I will say though, because of, um, Hamzat Chimaev is the reason why people want to see people be getting rushed. It's because we saw him go against Gilbert Burns in like his fourth fight. And then now Sugar Sean, he was just had a big mouth for somebody who didn't fight nobody yet. So we wanted to see him rush to like, answer what you've been talking. With the good yeah. thing about Patty, though, is in the lightweight division, there's so many names. He could fight Tony Ferguson. He's number 11 in division. He like, And you could still get a ranked opponent. You can fight Armin Sarukian, who we just saw put on a wrestling clinic and lost. You can fight Jalen Turner, 6'5", lightweight. Like, RDA, who's on, who looks like he's on a foot out. Art Rafael Vazeev is now top seven. But, like, these are all people who are around that 10 to 15 range. And, like, you can still get the experience. You can beat a name without having to go immediately in the top five, like other divisions. Light Lakes is so deep, you can fight a good guy without going hard in the paint. That's real. Then uh, let's talk this co-main event because it had more action than our main event, unfortunately, which we saw Jack Hermanson take on Chris Curtis. That boy Jack Hermanson, honestly – I thought it was a good fight by him. No one really thought he was going to win the stand-up fight. Everyone thought Chris Curtis had the answer for him. I knew I did. And Jack Hermanson was kind of like that that top eight dot guy that no one really cared about anymore. Like, he's just now a gatekeeper. So, for him, it was kind of on the back foot, stepping away, hitting his shots while backing up the whole time, which some people will complain about because you're all you're doing is hitting him and not generating no power type shit. But then oh, yeah. again, it's like, hey, bro, if he could have stopped me, he could have stopped me, and he didn't. And I put up like a hundred and twenty piece on him. So take it how you want it. That's a lot of pieces. Then you had Chris. I thought the best part about this fight was Chris Curtis flicking him off at the end of the fight, doing the whole. And I mean, there was a lot of shit. I think Jack Hermanson called him a pussy ass bitch at the end of the fight. Like, there's a oh, lot yeah, of drama did, at did the end they... of this fight. Did they did they fight fight or were they just like kind of just people rapping and shit talking shit? They didn't fight fight afterwards, but there was people. You know, whenever if no one was there, there would definitely been a fight because Hermanson, who's basically like a class act, and doesn't say much about anything. For him to come out of character and call someone a pussy ass bitch or something like that's that's different. Like that, that boy had to be pushed. And then Chris Curtis flicking and coming like Nate Diaz style, like what's up, bitch, walking up like that. Like yeah, bro, there was definitely if no one was there, there probably would have been some extra extra innings. And some extra innings, like soccer, they got that extra time. Yeah, but that definitely would have been it. But other than the, the fight itself, it was I think everyone had it 27-30, all Kermanson. And Chris Curtis, class act himself, came out, apologized for his his mannerisms at the end of the fight, for what he had said. And, the fight book. and then he basically was just like, I lost. Playing a day. He beat me. Probably just part of the heat of the moment type shit. It, no one trains six weeks to go get beat 30-27. Yeah, it's hard to take that in the chin, and especially in front of a crowd, man. <laughs> nah, that's just that's just hurtful. Nah, I thirty twenty seven is bad, but like that fifty, that fifty forty five, like significant <laughs> strikes, 
So total strikes for Jack Hermanson was 100. Significant strikes, 100. And uh, for, uh, and to Jack, uh, not Jack, but to Chris Curtis is 43. So he doubled him, basically. A little bit more to double him. But again, it was all off the back foot. Almost to me, it was Nate Diaz-esque. A lot of jabs and the straight punches off the back foot that you know is not going to knock him out. But to the judges, you just got outpointed by a lot. That's right. How to work the system. But we got to talk this main event before our special guest, Marcus, dips out on us. Thank you for joining us again, Marcus, for this UFC London. I forgot to showcase. I don't know if I brought it up, but I got my British beer on deck. The banana man. Curtis Blades, 15-second KO of Tom Aspinall. That's how it goes down? It was this is back to back weeks for first round, first minute injuries. And in the UFC, those are uh, you can't get a no contest off an of injury, I guess. Someone had recently let me know. So that's how he got it. That's crazy. I had to go check it out. So I listened to Charles Sonnen. So the way Charles Sonnen explains this shit, he says, not only did Tom. Aspinall go. He said, um, he said like Keon verbally said, no, don't stop, like stop, like because he was hurt. So that's pretty much in Charles Sonnen's mind. That's him quitting, and like it's not quitting, but that's also like, but like in wrestling, you do this. This is like your like medical this, but in the UFC there are no timeouts. So like that's just the difference. So like I after seeing that happen two weeks in a row, eh, it's tough. That is your like main. That is the that was the headline and stuff like that. But I understand it because like. When last week they brought Ortega split his shit when he got put in this when the second it got put in a submission. So obviously there's something going on right here. But like at least he did it. Aspinall, he was got at least he got hit. What did he got hit like six times? Uh I know he got that's what me and Marcus before. He only hit he got hit four times, but one of those he <laughs> did get cracked. And then Tom Aspinall, after getting cracked, sends in the leg kick, which yeah, H checked. And then that leg kick. And then I actually watched the video of a doctor breaking it down. It's so much worse because he hit shin on shin or something like that. Like it oh, was bone on bone is the worst. Yeah, it wasn't just a calf. He hit. Uh, he he led with his shin, and it, you can see in the video his leg like bend like that. Like you know your leg your leg ain't supposed to bend forward. Damn, I didn't know it looked that bad. Nah, that shit is tragic. Yeah, he, he didn't get up for a while. Dude was sitting on the mat for a, a minute. He dropped. It's like when McGregor sat on the mat, sat on the mat, talking shit still. Oh yeah, he was like, "Your wife's telling me DMs." <laughs> that boy is a fucking savage. Bring out the red panties, but not. Like, <laughs> he's probably gonna be gone for a little second. I just hope he comes back, comes back with the legs better. Like, and then that's tough because checking the leg kick is. That's a tough injury to come back too, man. That's probably gonna be a little minute before you see him again. Do y'all think uh, – I'll throw this to Mark. Do you, just being a boxer, do you think – because when you talk about Jose Benavidez, who had leg injuries and hasn't looked like the same fighter since, Tom Aspinall, he's known for his quickness and mobility and his boxing expertise. And Do you think a leg injury like that might make him look – because we've seen other fighters not look the same, especially with, like, bad leg injuries. Uh, definitely, because, I mean, you could also look at it in an aspect of – football too like when running backs blow their knee or something like they come back did they have that 
Nay. He hasn't took a bad injury yet. But when you like like Saquon's a good example. He tore he, he tore his whole knee out and he doesn't really cut like you just know he doesn't have that same like extra kick in him. Yeah. And I mean you could you could look at that in the fighting world and like we gotta see if even McGregor can come back the same. But I I forget McGregor, what was his like I forget what he broke exactly. I but think either way, a bone or teamer, femur. right, right. Either way, like a leg injury like that, like you gotta have to go through the rehab, and then you also gotta get through the the fact in your head, like the mental aspect of, all right, can I put pressure on this leg? Can I be comfortable on this leg? Can I still kick with this leg? Like, is he gonna still be like, you know, like confident with that leg as he was before? So there's a bunch of things, and hopefully he can get back to it. Cause I'll suck if he doesn't ever look the same. But I doubt that. I, I think he'll get back to his regular self. My dog Curtis Blades, though, Mister. I think he. This is the next. You gotta go for the number one, but because he's gonna fight the winner out of Gone and um Tuivasa. So like, my boy is off his way. Cause like he's only lost twice, and it was to Nagano, right? No, he, he has three. The, uh, Derek Lewis and twice to Nagano. Oh, Derek Lewis, but Derek Lewis caught him. I feel like he was winning. I already was winning. knockouts ever. That's some straight losses, though. Yeah. And he was beating uh, Derek Lewis, had 20 takedowns within two rounds before Derek Lewis just happened to put the perfectly timed uppercut when he shot a takedown. And right on. Yeah, right. You you can just picture it, head down going in. Like, the night's out. But that's how how Masvidal got on Ben Askin gets asked. But th- this is a different Curtis Blades. We saw him fight Chris Dawkins and look like a boxer. Then we saw him in the first 15 seconds, Aspinall, and crack him. I mean, my personal opinion, others people would defer with that. But I saw within 15 I thought he dropped because of the punch. It took the replay to let me know, oh, he threw a kick afterwards. I thought it was just a late reaction. You see it sometimes with a late reaction. And then all of a sudden, they dropped. Because Curtis Blades caught him with a mean, like, one, two, and I was like, I still think that fight would have went all the way. Blades would have won just because yeah. his wrestling and he looked like he had efficient hands. Like we've seen it. We're seeing a different blades in his past two fights. It's tough. That prime. It's tough. Maybe I think if they make the interim belt, we'll see him with a belt. But it's tough because like Madonna stays. It's a tough dude to beat. A hundred percent. If he stays, though, that's the big thing. But if he goes. And Derek Lewis is out, and he's already beat Aspinall. And the only person in front of him has gone to Avasa. I mean, you're just one step away. Uh, I'd rather be one step away than two. Uh, yeah, and then the loser, the loser of Don to Avasa, probably um, will fade whoever. It doesn't, yeah, it's going to be a nice division. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward. I hope they make it. The, the rise still, of the heavyweights. I still fuck with my dog, Francis Mbaku Gigani. Baddest man on the planet. After me. But, <laughs> hey, man, this has been the whole car, man. What time are we running on? Ooh, we got to go. So, if you don't know, we really don't got time to tell you. But I'm going to tell you anyways that this has been a Totally Bliss podcast. I'm in I'm in this bitch with Paul Pickham winning concert. We in this bitch with Marcus Primetime, man. And if you didn't know, now you know, yep. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools, you can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your pass.
Devin's here, higher than I ever been. I got a problem with.